Good morning. I am John Cook. I was actually not supposed to be here today. Uh, today was supposed to be Tyler's story, uh, but he called me last night. True story. Last night about 8.30. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sick. I'm, <laughs> I was like, so? <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. He's like, no, seriously, I am not going to be able to do anything tomorrow. Mike's out of town. Will you cover tomorrow morning for me? I'm like, sure. You know, 11 hours? What could go wrong? Um, <laughs> I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm doing my story, and I'm telling my story. I'm like, done. I'm good. I said, I'll take care of it. Although I'm a little hazy on about 35 years of your life, I'm going to have to make up a lot, but I promise it's going to be much more entertaining than anything you would tell. <laughs> he said, no, couldn't do that. So instead, we're going to have the John Cook story. Aww, John. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. I told him I wouldn't do it without an intro. So. Uh, I, I am actually glad uh, to do this. Um, my story, uh, I love this series. I love the series where you, you see uh, like real men and women telling their, their stories. Um, and it's, to me, that, that is all, uh, it's more impactful to me than many of the other things. That, that we do. I remember Adam uh, Yako a couple of weeks ago and getting up and telling his story. Um, he and I uh, worked together years ago when he was this young college punk and I was a little bit older punk. Um, but things like that are impactful to me. Um, my story has been one, if you don't know me, by the way, I know there's some new people here. Um, just real quick, bring you up to speed. I, I was on staff at Grace Community Church for about 20 years. Um, if you're new here, you may not know me in that capacity. I did student ministry, I did college ministry, music, all kind of stuff. I was the jack of all trades. Um, I think there are up till now four employees now to do everything that I did. That's understandable. Understandable. Um, so to tell my story, looking back, you know, trying to put this together um, in the 10 hours that I had, um, six of which I was asleep, so I think we're up to four hours. I don't know how this is going to go. Um, lower your expectations. I'm just saying. My story is, is phases to me. Now, duh, you know, everybody's life is like that. You're in phases. You have that young phase and then the next phase and the next phase and the next phase. Uh, but my life is in phases and it's always had one central theme, though, in those phases. Uh, do I have any nerds in here? It's okay. It's a safe place. You can raise your Okay. Nerds. Absolutely awesome. There's more nerds than that in here, you know. They're just going to stay quiet in their little closets. We're going to leave them there. That's okay. They're here. Um, I love uh, space, always had. The very first memories I have involve me daydreaming about space, going to space, what's in space, all of that. Um, loved it. And in the 90s now, gosh, it's been a long time ago, the Hubble Space Telescope launched. And with it, we started getting these amazing pictures from space that just blew my mind. Now, my mind was being blown with a dial-up modem, uh, so these pictures are having to load, you know, line by line. Love that. But it was just incredible to see all of this stuff. And then recently, we started getting pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope. Exciting, right? Thank you. Uh, it really is. Uh, these pictures are incredible detail 
of our galaxy and our universe. If you could dim the lights real quick. Uh, this projector, bless its heart, it can't do justice to these pictures. So go home and Google James Webb Space Telescope, and you're going to start getting images like this. Now, I understand, you may not know, um, if you go up in a little spaceship, SpaceX or something like that, and you go out in the galaxy and you look out the little window, you're not actually going to see this per se. It doesn't actually look like this. This is a, a combination of different types of images that they took. They put it together. So it's not necessarily a fake color image. It just doesn't really look like that through the window. But in, it, the detail is incredible what they're able to see with this telescope. If you go to the next picture, this is just an amazing... This is a galaxy that's about 34 million light years from Earth, as far as they can judge. And it's just incredible the detail that they're now being able to see in our galaxy, in our universe, um, and beyond. Um, this next picture, though, is the one that has always blown my mind. Now, it may not be as spectacular as before, but this is what's called a deep field view of space. Okay, So they take the telescope and they point it at a patch of dark sky and they take the picture. Now, the stars that you see that have that classic star shape, those are stars that are in our local galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy. They get that effect because of a lensing effect uh, that's native to stars in our galaxy. Beyond that, though, all the lights, points of lights and spirals that you see, those are actually galaxies beyond us. Okay, those are galaxies beyond us. And if you want to get an understanding, you can go ahead and start bringing the lights back up if you want. The scale of this, the picture of sky that this is, imagine if you would take a drinking straw, hold it at arm's length and look through it. That's about the size of sky that this picture is looking at. And some scientists estimate that there's about 10,000 galaxies that are in view in that point, in that section of sky. I mean, can you imagine that? All of the millions and millions of galaxies that are out there beyond us, and all of those galaxies containing hundreds of millions of stars, the scale is absolutely incredible. So to me, this is a good representation of what my life has been like. There's something out there that is beyond my understanding, so completely beyond my understanding that I have no idea what it is. But I find myself now, and when I was younger, going outside at night and looking up at the stars and just gazing, just trying to understand the bigness of everything. Because there's one thing that's certain. We have the reality that we live in Monday through Friday, you know, sometimes on the weekends if we don't sleep in. There is a reality that, you know, we work and live on a Tuesday morning. But then there's something else going on at the same time that's beyond that reality, right? There's something out there that is so big, so complex, that we have a hard time even glimpsing it, much less understanding it. So my entire life has been spent around this trying to, you know, live my life without running it off into the ditch, but at the same time trying to understand, trying to get a glimpse of this bigness that's out there, this this out there exists, and I want to understand a little bit of it, not just the physical aspect of it, not just the galaxies and stars and everything that's out there, but a lot of the, I guess you'd call the, the metaphysical or beyond the physical that's out there. 
There is a universe out there that exists on different levels in ways that we can understand. This is what religions for the entire existence of humanity has been pursuing. The big that's out there that we can't understand, but, but we strive to catch a glimpse of. So my life has been spent just gazing at the stars, trying to understand a bit of it. And if you go back uh, the full story of my life, I, I'm from Thomasville, Georgia, if you know where that's at, southwest Georgia, uh, just across the border from Tallahassee, Florida. Our claim to fame um, back then was when Florida State had a home football game, they would they would bus all the team up to Thomasville and they would spend the night in Thomasville to keep them out of trouble, you know, in Tallahassee and all. So that was our claim to fame. Um, and we had an oak tree. Uh, so that was it. That was it. A typical rural uh, South Georgia town. Um, had its good, good points, had its bad points. I grew up in a, in a church. It was a, a church of God. Any church of God transplants here? I'm curious, yeah. Okay, if, you don't, if you've never attended a Church of God, you, you can't understand this. Um, church of God on Sunday night was lit. <laughs> I mean, that place got exciting on a Sunday night. If you wanted to invite someone to your church, you could do it on Sunday morning or Wednesday night, but you didn't do Sunday night because things would go on on Sunday night that you couldn't quite explain and would make other people quite uncomfortable. Okay, it was exciting to say the say the least. It was a uh, what, what you would consider a legalistic church. There were a lot of rules, a lot of rules, a lot of do's and don'ts. Uh, and actually, for a large period of my life, I used to blame that church, you know, for the way my life had turned out. Um, and, you know, I got old enough to realize, no, if, if I didn't blame that church, if I didn't have that church to blame, it would have been something else I would have, I would have blamed. Uh, I was the only one who could you know, accept responsibility for the blame. They were good people trying to do good things. Okay? They, they were just, at times, I guess their way of doing it um, was difficult, especially for me. Now, when I was young, like most kids, I believed what I was told to believe, you know, wholeheartedly. You know, you want me to do this? Done. I'm doing it. Uh, but then I reached the age of those teen years where you really start wanting to know why you're doing certain things, right? Um, you want to understand, okay, if, if there's this rule that I need to be doing, help me understand why I need to be doing it. So as I began to pursue the why to everything, at the time I didn't really have anyone who was able to explain to me the why. It was just, well, this is what our church believes, so you should do it. So I reached the age where I was just, um, I was starting to see a lot of discrepancy. I would read my Bible, I would read things out of my Bible, and I would say, well, this contradicts this, so why? And they're like, well, just because, it's what we believe, you know, don't worry about that, don't. And I started to, to question my faith. And then as I got older, I started to question even God. Uh, because the God that I was being taught about did not seem like he was somebody you really wanted to have a lot to do with. Um, and it finally culminated, for me at least, it culminated um, in a Wednesday night. I was probably 14 years old, give or take. And we were doing a series of why rock and or roll music was evil. 
and you were going to hell for listening to rock and roll music. So we were knee-deep in that little bit, and I was just shaking my head like, what is this? So I tried to think of the most innocuous guy that I could imagine. I was like, okay, question, Michael Bolton. You know, what about Michael Bolton? Is he evil? I mean, looking back, yeah, you know, Michael Bolton. But (laughs) at the time, it was like, you know, Michael Bolton. And the guy's like, no, you know. You can't listen to Michael Bolton. You don't know who he's singing to. Is he singing to his wife? Is he singing to you know somebody he's messing around with? Is he? You don't know. And I'm like, seriously. So that's when my God switch kind of flipped off. I'm like, I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with this whole faith, religion, God, silliness. I'm going to do things my way. So I began trying to figure out what my way was going to be. So it's that first real phase in my life of stargazing, trying to figure out the bigness. What does it mean? What does it mean? And at the time, uh, being in rural South Georgia at that time in history, there was actually, believe it or not, there was not a lot of teaching going on regarding the philosophy of life uh, apart from what you'd pick up in Sunday school. And so I started trying to piece together what I could. Um, We had this place back then. Uh, before the internet, it was this building that they put books in. Um, and you would go there and you would ask the Google, the librarian, uh, a question and she would direct you to the books and you would go and check them out and read. And that's the way we found out information. So <laughs> I did the best I could with that. And during that point in my life, I, I realized, okay, God's not real. Um, I don't know what it, but it's probably this Buddhist stuff because that that kind of makes sense. This humanism that kind of makes sense, although it wasn't called humanism at the time, but it made sense to me. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go with that. That's kind of what I believe. And then I did my high school thing, um, you know, teams and activities, and you know, I decided, you know, I'm planning out the rest of my life. I'm going to work for NASA. So I enrolled. I would you know, going to Georgia Tech, the School of Aerospace Engineering, ready to do that, and just about to graduate, and uh, ran into the local Marine Corps recruiter. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot better idea. I'm going to do the Marine Corps instead of Georgia Tech, which proof that you don't have to be stupid to be dumb or dumb to be stupid. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I joined the Marine Corps instead of going to Georgia Tech. And that period of my life is a period that I don't really like to think about, much less talk about, so I'm not going to. Um, Let's just say that was a period of my life when I was aggressively stupid. Okay, you've got the normal stupid that you see people dealing with. Um, I tried hard at being stupid. Um, That was a time in my life when, whew, there were just a lot of things that happened. A lot of things that I don't want to remember, a lot of things that I did that I had to do that I was involved with um, that I look back on and and I recognize how that impacted me, uh, but I still don't want to think about it. It culminated, that phase of my life culminated when uh, there was an incident and I lost a lot of vision, uh, lost uh, most of the vision in my right eye. And the Marine Corps informed me that they actually had no place for a half-blind Marine. wanted to offer me a transfer to the Navy. (laughs) Thank you. Not going to do that. So landed in Statesboro, uh, just trying to be an engineer again. And that was a a very difficult time for me. 
Because my personality, I fit well in the Marine Corps. Because in the Marine Corps, if you attack something aggressively and you don't give up, you will go far in that, in that corps. I did well in it. It fit me. I was just aggressive enough, just determined enough, just obnoxious and arrogant enough that I fit right in. And that was taken away from me, and I had to go back to the civilian life. But ultimately, I got my act together and began to just pursue what I was going to pursue. And, you know, there really wasn't a lot of bad that went on during that period of my life. You know, bad things happen, and I still made mistakes. But I was doing relatively well uh, for being in that phase of my life. Had a good job. I had friends. And I had finally made up my mind at that point what I thought about God. Um, God was not real. Now, not that he was completely not real. I wasn't an atheist. That just did not make sense to me because there was too much that you had to overlook to be a real atheist. All of that stuff to me just could not be coincidence. So I wasn't a full-blown atheist. Um, the best way I could describe it, and it's going to sound silly, and I'm not really saying this is what I believe. This is just the best way for me to describe it. For me, it was kind of like the Force in Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars fans, you understand what I'm talking about. There's something out there that's in and a part of everything, and you've got a good side of it, and you've got a bad side of it. And you want to kind of stay away from the bad side of it. You don't want to get that far, but also you don't want to get too far over here. You don't want to be some weird space wizard flying around. Right, you want to be, you know, find that happy medium, that happy medium where you're one with the force or something. I don't know. You're, you're not too bad. You're better than that guy. You're pretty good. Um, a lot of a lot of Buddhist teachings that I embraced uh, that made sense to me, but certainly God was not real. I understood that. And then, one night, sitting in the apartment, flipping through the TV. And I came across this movie. It was some Jesus movie. I remember uh, it was a Wednesday night. I remember that at least. And it was a two-part series. They used to do those. They'd take a movie and split it, and they'd show half of it on Tuesday night and half of it on Wednesday night, uh, back when they used to do that on TV. And it was some Jesus movie. I don't remember which one. But I remember sitting there on the couch and kind of laughing to myself, like those poor people with their misguided ways, you know, needing faith like that. That's sad. That's sad. And then God spoke to me. Um, now that sounds crazy that someone would claim God spoke to them. Um, and while, now I'm not going to say I'm not crazy. I'm, you know, as crazy as I would appear. I don't think I'm clinical though. You understand? So I, I think I'm, I'm fairly grounded in reality. So when I say God spoke to me, I'm saying that's the realness of it for me. If you were sitting on the couch beside me at the same time, I don't think you would have heard him. It wasn't like that. But I heard him as clearly as I have heard anyone in my life. And he just said three simple words. He said, I am real. That's it. He didn't condemn me of anything. He didn't say I was stupid. He didn't, it was probably implied, but he didn't. <laughs> He didn't judge me. He, didn't, he just said, I am real. That's it. And what would a normal person do? A normal person would say, wow, God just spoke to me. I'm going to do something about that. Not me. 
No. Um, I may be clinical. I don't know. That doesn't seem rational. Uh, I, it took me a few days of processing that, of that, that voice just echoing, echoing in my mind. I am real. I am real. I am real. You know the hardest part of that to me was? If God was real, then I was wrong. And me being willing to admit that I am wrong was one of the more difficult things I have ever had to do in my life. I don't like to be wrong. But if God was real, then I was wrong. So about three days later, I finally gave in and admitted. All right, God, if you're real, I'm wrong. I'm all in. What do you want from me? So... I began to attack that next phase in life like I have attacked every other phase in my life. I read as much as I possibly could. I studied as much as I possibly could. I did as much as I possibly could. I was going to own this whole Christianity business, right? I was going to win something somewhere. I don't know. It was kind of like lottery gospel. You know, somebody's got to win, right? I was going to do this Christianity bit so hard, so much that I was going to win. Uh, eventually, I quit the job that I was doing and started working for the church. Um, and it felt good. It felt good that, that my job was working for God. That was awesome. I began to do more and more and more. I started working uh, with the Brewskis in Romania, and I started working with Stephen Creamy, helping found the mission in Kenya. And, and I, I, I worked at this place, just building and doing and trying to make it better. I memorized entire chapters from the Bible. But, 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 my life started going off track. But I would work harder to bring it back on track. About 12 or 14 years ago, uh, my life started going a direction that I did not want it to go. And the best way that I can describe it, have you ever tried to push a wheelbarrow that was overloaded and you were on bumpy ground or maybe on an incline and it's too heavy for you, but you can keep it going. But what you're trying to do is work as hard as you can to try and get back onto your path and not dump the entire thing. That's what my life felt like. It was miserable. Because nothing I could do, no matter how hard I tried, I could not get the wheelbarrow going the way I wanted it to. And I pleaded with God. I'm like, God, I'm doing everything that's required of me, correct? Why is this still going on? And I pushed and I pushed and I tried. And eventually, I couldn't do it. The wheelbarrow dumped. And again, I was a stargazer trying to figure out, why am I wrong again? Because my life should have worked out the way I was wanting it to. No matter how hard I tried, no matter how, how righteous I tried to be, no matter how much of the Bible I memorized, no, much how, no matter how much good I tried to do, it still dumped. So again, I was back at that very uncomfortable place of admitting that I was wrong and I needed to learn again. So I began to simplify just to step back and separate the black and white from the gray. 
just what I really know about God? What do I really know about faith? The rest of it, the volumes on my bookshelf, all of the reading and studies that I'd done, I just put it to the side. I just tried to figure out faith, figure out God. And I came to three conclusions. And that's what I'd like to share with you today. The first thing that I came away with, for sure, is that God is real. That's our starting point, right? That's our start. I mean, we can, we can debate everything beyond that, but if we can't establish that God is real, then we don't have a point to begin our debate. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are, where you were born, what your upbringing is, you can open your eyes and see the influence of God on creation and the influence of God in your life. There are several passages in the Bible that speak to this, that speak to simply looking at creation, the things that go on, and recognizing there's something, there is a creator involved in that, of our conscience speaking to us, the voice that speaks to us, that accuses us, or that agrees with us, that voice of God, the Spirit, imprinted on humanity, that we have to recognize that God is real. And because God is real, we have to respond to that that in some way. Ignoring it doesn't do any good. So number one, I recognized, yes, God is real. Even though I apparently don't understand him fully or understand him as much as I want to, I do know he is real. Point number two, God is love. 1 John 4.16, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And this out of the three, is the most difficult point to share with other people. Because if, has anybody lived recently life? Yeah? It should be everybody raising your hand at some point. You've lived life recently. Okay. Um, does it always look like God is love? No, it, it does not. The whole cliched questions, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, why could God allow suffering? You know, this statement, God is love, does not always fit with the way we perceive reality. But over and over and over in the New Testament, we get this understanding of God is love. But his love, his plan for us is often beyond what we can see. And it's simple to understand if you have kids. You know, you do things to your kids, for your kids, that come only from love, but to them, it looks like oppression. It looks like you're doing something that goes against their will and that they don't like and they don't understand. And it's easy for us to then see how simple that can be for our vision. If we're just willing to admit that we're wrong and we don't know everything, to admit that we can't always understand the mind of the Creator of a being who exists beyond space and time, we can admit we can't fully understand him, correct? We have trust. 
have faith that God is love. So therefore, if we see something in our life unfolding in such a way that it looks as though God is not love, then there's something we are missing. There's a part of that that we don't understand or don't fully see. God is real. God is love. Therefore, his actions exhibit the best qualities of love. Point number three, God wants us to show his love. That one seems simple on the surface. You know the golden rule, do for others if you would have them do unto you. But it's actually a little more difficult when you really start examining what this verse is saying. And you begin to recognize, you know what? I don't know if a lot of people do this. John chapter 13, verse 34. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. A new command I give you. Okay, a new command. That word new, if you look it up in the Greek, do you know what it means? New. Okay. What that implies is there used to be another command, an old command, the golden rule command. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But now there's a new command. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must know of one another as I have loved you. You know what? It's easy for me to follow the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If I don't like you, I won't talk to you. And you don't have to talk to me, as I would do unto you. you know? <laughs> as I have loved, as Christ has loved me, you want me to show that love to someone that I do not like? To someone who embraces what I completely disagree with? That's, that's, that's harder. There's the rub. John Cook is a messed up individual, okay? Really is. Um, sometimes I seem okay. Sometimes I seem okay even to me. Um, but I know my problems. I know where I fall short. I know the, the things I struggle against. And I know I'm trying, but I know I messed up. And as, as far as I have come to this day, this day is not when God showed me grace. God showed me grace the 22 years ago when I was openly mocking him, when I was completely out of my mind, when I had hatred, hatred, literal hatred toward the people in his church. That's when he showed me the love and grace. And that's what he said I should do now. To be in this world, living with people who are every bit as messed up with me as me, and showing them the same love that he showed me. Not picking the people I like to show love to, but when I'm encountered with the person who embraces everything that I hate, to show them that love as well. Oh. Be easier if it was another way. God is real, God is love, and he wants us to show that love to others. If you're struggling 
with faith right now? Maybe simplify. I'm not saying that's exactly what you need. But what I am saying is that as a believer, make sure you've got the basics covered. Make sure you have a good understanding of why you believe God is real. Make sure you have a good understanding of why you believe God is love. Make sure you're actually doing the work of showing the love that Christ has shown to you. Beyond that, gosh, there is a world of things to explore when it comes to faith. Just a wealth of information that you can study and research and read. But sometimes that can be overwhelming. And it can add static to our lives that distract us from what faith truly is. Now, my life has not gotten remarkably better, I guess. I mean, my, my life is good. I enjoy my life. enjoy my family. But we have our issues, just like anyone else. I have my own issues, just like anyone else. But that's not the point anymore to me. Because back when I used to stargaze, I would have that emptiness in me, that, that knowing that there's something more out there, but I can't figure out what it was, and it was discouraging to me. I just could not ever put my finger on it. And if I could finally figure that thing out, then I would be able to excel this breath that I've been holding so long and have some peace. The difference is now, I don't really understand that much more, I feel. Those of you who are my age and older, you understand that the older you get, it seems like the less you actually know. So when I sit out and I look at those stars, I don't have that desperation anymore of that longing to know more. It's just that simple peace of understanding that I, I'm not going to know. I really am not going to know. But I do know God is real. I do know God is love. And I do know my mission in life is to show that love to others. And I may not always know the right thing to do, but I will try my best to do it the right way. Beyond that, it's up to Him. Would you pray with me? God, I thank You for today. God, for just the opportunity that we have to know you. God, I pray that you help us as we pursue you. Help us to know you more clearly, to see your path more clearly. And God, I just pray that you help us with the wheelbarrow. <laughs> A lot of times it seems like it's about to tip over. We need your strength, your guidance. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Have a great week.